Hi, it's Ali Mia, and today is Sunday, June 27th. It's about 10 a.m. I woke up this morning about 8. We're going to do a little recap and some lighthearted stuff because this episode's going to be a deep cut. So, let's catch up for a minute before we get into all the crazy shiz. So, woke up, went upstairs had some coffee. I've been so tired and silly and just going to sleep real late. And I did like two Sudokus this morning really quick. I was just blowing through them. I'm probably not going to be into them anymore in a minute here because they're just getting easier. You know, I like that challenge. But I've been addicted to Sudokus lately. That's all I want to do all day, every day. And so I wake up and I go upstairs, pour my coffee, and then sit down with my little Sudoku. And that's how I relax in the mornings and start my day. Very peaceful. Well, it's been a minute here since we last caught up. And... Let's talk about that for a second. Last time I recorded, I was in the middle of this little bit of a lifestyle change, a little mix-up, switch-up, lovely little pie. And it was going really well. It was going really well. And then, like a little... I don't even know what not a little breeze, a big breeze, a gust. There were just some things that kind of blew into my life. Some people who um, distracted me a little bit. And I was just so consumed by the fun of just going out and trying new things and spending all my time with someone. And so, now I'm getting back on track. And this person I'm talking about, they just got a new job, so he's going to start that next week. And he's trying to get into a better routine. I'm trying to get back into my routine after that whirlwind. So, I think this will be better. I'm back on track now, recording and writing. And I guess... I should say that I love that. I think a lot of people in this world, especially creators, creatives are seen as these irresponsible, messy, crazy, wild things, untamable people fueled by emotions and beauty to untamable things. But creators, like content creator. Those people are often seen as very structured, committed, diligent kind of people that just come through every time. They're consistent. They release things every Tuesday or every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And I just am somewhere in the middle because everything in my life is run by emotions and beauty but to create something requires some sort of structure 
Because the act of creating and releasing, the acts of creating and releasing are structured in, I don't know what the word is, by definition. And so I think that it's good to create when you want to create and at other times to not worry about it and to just live because I'm not trying to be too structured. I know my purpose is to create in this planet, on this planet, but it's not my purpose to create every week and release every week on a schedule. And so there's a little moral in there. I am going to ask you, if there's something that you do and you feel like, oh, I have to do it, And it has to come out by this deadline each week. Or it has to be this way each day. Why? Why does it have to be like that? You're the only one making that rule. I think it's important to take inventory of your life and figure out why you do things. Well, shoot! I was just going to make this such a lighthearted intro and it's not. I get all crazy deep salami. Okay. Back to the light stuff. So. Yeah, that's where I've been. I've just been having fun. And I've done barbecues each week. Gone to the rodeo. Just had fun each and every day. And I went home and visited Mama. Let's see, 4th of July is coming up. And so, I don't know, I think, like, Independence Day nails are the funnest. They're so fun. But I never want them to just be, like, everyone else's. I'm not like other girls. And so, I have something fun planned. Here, it's gonna be, Mom had this idea. We'll have, like, little gingham on some, and then pies on the other. And we'll do red pies and, like, baby blue pies. And they're going to be so cute. I'm so excited. So that's kind of fun. Okay. Now I think we're ready to deep cut. So this episode is the Chocolate Dream Girl episode. And this was a little realization that I had when I was home with mom. We were in the car and I just wrote it down because I was thinking about nothing and then I thought about this and I better say where chocolate dream girl came from when I was in high school it was just kind of a thing I've always been fascinated and in love with this idea of a dream girl and then one day I just did this little Instagram post chocolate dream girl that was like the caption it was just me just a picture of me chocolate dream girl And I had just made my Instagram, all my photos. I'm always late to the party when it comes to stuff like that. But all my photos were super oversaturated and silly. And now they're just super high contrast and silly. But this post was 
something I, I just like had taken a picture of myself like looking up at the camera and my head was tilted down. That's my favorite look. I remember I was at work last week and my friend Dawson asked, how do you flirt? And I, I just kind of chuckled and I was like, oh, I love the eyelash thing. Like I love to tip my chin down and just kind of look up through my eyelashes and tilt my head a little bit and blush. And I'm just a silly, but it was that kind of picture. Very flirty, innocent. And I wrote chocolate dream girl and it just stuck. Everyone started to like, so then on all my other Instagram posts, people would, my friends would comment like, oh, chocolate dream girl. Or they would post about me and be like my chocolate dream girl. It was just cute. Just this little thing that stuck around. Like Wesley's love chugs. Cute. And so that's never gone away. I used to be milk chocolate. A crowd pleaser. Classic, sweet, pretty, decent, and everything. But now I'm semi-sweet. Not sweet all the time. Sweet semi of the time. Sweet bitter. I'm a no BS gal, but I'm a lover to the ones that I really love and that really love me back. People aren't just casually pleased by me anymore. They either don't love me much or they really, really do. I'm semi-sweet now, but in the summers, I'm dark chocolate, rich and dark and good for you. You know, you know that melty summer tan and dark chocolate's just a little healthier, a little better for you, better for you in the summer. Semi-sweet is the most important chocolate in the world to me. It's crazy because I really have, I didn't care for it. Like growing up, I didn't know a difference between semi-sweet and milk chocolate. But this little metaphor came up because I started to realize a little while ago that semi-sweet chocolate chips are the best. They are so good. Cookies are so much better with them. I love them. And there's this split party. The milk chocolate people don't love semi-sweet because they're, um just unaware of the difference like they don't really notice it and that's the only thing I can think of because why wouldn't you love semi-sweet more but the semi-sweet people are diehard semi-sweet and that's how I feel now it's kind and warm and melty and lovely while still be being unapologetic individualistic and honest about its tastes semi-sweet. It's semi-sweet. I love that. And I, I just resonate with that so much more now. A lot. And this is what I want to say, that I'm no longer that pastel pleasant angel, but now a much wilder one. I posted something on my Instagram story yesterday. I don't know if I highlighted it, it was this picture of an angel, blonde angel with 
perfect curled hair and a white gown and white wings walking up to a baker at the bakery and there are there's this glass case of pastries and desserts and in there are two cakes and one says angel food and then there and it's just pure white then the one next to it says devil's food and she points to the devil's food and says i think i'll have that one this time and the baker looks at her like what and i loved that that's just how i feel excuse me i've always been an angel i've always been the good one i've always been the innocent one even when i haven't been i've just been seen as the innocent one and deep down i'm just not I'm Persephone. I'm a little darker than I look. I'm a little wilder, a little more unpredictable. I'm I'm starting to realize that I'm just not that palatable. The sweet girl can be loved by everyone, by parents, by goody boys, by bad boys. And I'm I'm not her anymore. I think that I'm a lot wilder than ever before and that a lot of people wouldn't handle me anymore. I'm a little too untamed for the people that I would have wanted to put a rope around me in the past. Now, I think I've always been like this. But before, I would just let them put a rope around me, and I would quiet down. And now I'm just wild, and I run naked through the river in the middle of the night, and I lay under the moon, and I make wishes every day on dandelions and birthday candles. Birthday candles, my birthday was last Monday. I have been wishing on birthday candles for like two months now. I just do whatever the hell I want, and it's fun. I like it. I am no longer quiet about my disdains and pleasures. I love to be naked, to say farm words like shit damn hell, (laughs) and my friends and my mom hate it because I never ever did. I was always a clean mouth girl but farm words are my favorite i love a little mud i don't i've never said the f word in my life that's my biggest flex but those ones just make me feel good it's fun and it's farmy i love to sip something red and bitter to be careless about the eyes and whispers of old and new acquaintances i'm learning still to live only for my own plates of exhilaration and peace. I no longer walk into the dining room with my apron still on and aim to serve anyone else's plate first. If you ask me today what I believe about lovemaking, politics, religion, I will not hold back. And up until now, I most definitely would have would have walked on eggshells 
mindful not to have encouraged the slightest of contentions. I believed that the absence of argument, vocal conflict, was the closest thing to peace that was possible. It was the most peaceful route to take. Then, with a crescendo, I realized that if not vocal, the conflict would exist still, only internal. And you know how internal things, internal waters, internal floods and slush and goo love to seep through the seams and manifest externally. In every way, I was brought up to be a pretender. Up until age nine, my family was just a little shameful. In the sweetest of ways, I always glamorized it. In high school, I would look back on my childhood, and I just loved our little life back then. So simple and sweet. And not wayward, but not up to par with the strict and highly, highly conservative neighbors that we had. I had a sister born to an unwed 18-year-old mother. That one is wild. And this mother, in my youth, liked beer, didn't wear garments, Mormon underwear (laughs) that made sure her shirts covered her shoulders and that her shorts reached her knees. She didn't wear scandalous clothes, but she was not worried about her shoulders. And (laughs) she golfed with our cute friends and grandparents on Sundays. And sometimes Maddie would drag me to church and I would scream. I hated going to church when I was little. And my mom, she would go golfing. That was her church. And she was a damn good mom. But I couldn't help but notice how it made my tummy turn to tell people that my sister and I had different dads. And that was why I was a chocolate girl and she was a vanilla skin. And mom kind of looked like caramel. We were all a little melting pot medley. I didn't wear Bermuda shorts or care if my little shoulders were out when I was growing up. But other kids did, and so did their parents. I was always a wild child, always. I never was that tamed girl. And I think about that, and I don't wanna say that. I love to say it, like it's inner, inside. That is my proudest quality, but To say it out loud, I feel like I'm just speaking rebellion. I've heard other people say like, oh, I'm wild. And I've just been like, oh, sure, cool. I don't care. Be your rebellious self, you know? Because I, at one point, stopped being wild and buttoned myself up. And I did. I remember throwing out all my shorts and saying, I don't want to wear these. These are too short. When I was like 10 years old, I was like, I want to be modest. And it didn't matter. But I wanted to be as righteous as possible. 
still, I was always a wild child. For so many other reasons than the little conservative churchy things. I was loud, defiant, unruly, always taking my clothes off in public. I loved to make people cry. I was just a mean kid. I loved to make people cry. I loved to, like, make little dramas and contentions. My cousin Liddy and I, best friends growing up, we would just make schemes on how to torture my sister or tease her little brother Gabe. We were awful littles. So awful and mean. And then at one point, I was at the other end of the pendulum. Quiet, reserved, careful, new in town, and absolutely avoidant. If I wanted to take a little time and figure out why exactly I changed, I could. But I don't think it matters that much for this conversation. The point is that While it was good for me to end my reign of terror and be nice, I lost the nerve to speak my mind at all. I became a pretender by omission. If someone said something that I didn't agree with, I would stay quiet. And if someone did something that I didn't like enough that it affected me, instead of having a chat and letting them know I left. Live, laugh, leave. The boat couldn't be rocked if it wasn't in the water in the first place. And lately, something that's been on my mind often is a bit of an inner child discovery. That a lot of that goes back to my dad. Relationship with my dad. My dad had four other children with a pretty rough Samoan lady. She was a cool gal, but she was definitely rough on the kids when we were growing up. A lot of Polynesians are really hot-headed, and sometimes they can get physical. It's, I think it's more acceptable in that culture. My dad told my mom, and he told me this years later too, he's always said this, that... He needed to follow them around the world and take care of them and keep them safe. And that he knew that my mom would take care of me. So he left. He knew my mom would take care of me, but he knew those kids needed him to be taken care of. And he followed them to Samoa Hawaii and Colorado and I lived with my sweet mom and my Maddie and my Minnie, our little dog. I was happy as a clam. Truthfully, I liked it like that. I loved the femininity of my home. To live in a house of only girls. It took me a while to even like understand male energy. I remember when I was maybe 14, I would always say, I hope I don't have boys because I just don't get them. I've never had boys in my ha- in my life. Up until that point, I just didn't know. I did not know how they worked. They were so foreign. And when my mom, my mom remarried um, Paul, 
when I was like six maybe and Paul was so sweet he was the best guy and he traveled a lot but I was such an anxious kid and I had so much separation anxiety and I was so awful to Paul I was mean to him so he I I just had a lot of issues and he was um sweet and it was still pretty much just my mom parenting me then Paul wasn't one to like um push in that way he wasn't one to push in any way he was just the coolest guy ever but I could not have handled it if I had like gained another parent there when my mom married another man when I was 14 or something yeah I think I was 14 that one we had a really special relationship I loved him so much and I really did see him as a father and I did call him dad and um he did parent me he would step in and get after me when I do crazy stuff or I don't know he stood up for my mom when I was being a brat and that was so uncomfortable for me I just was not used to that I was used to my mom who would kind of let things go (laughs) she was she would get after me if I needed to be had after but for the most part it was pretty relaxed and this stepdad that I'd had was um he came from a different kind of family they had had all boys and they had had a like a this is how we do it upbringing he was rougher he would be tougher on me and it was so hard for me to adjust to that I never did I was so used to like just feminine energy no masculine And so, I did. I liked not having my dad around because it was just what I'd always had. Just girls. And girls work different. His energy was foreign, alpha male, dominant, and kind of unintentionally very demanding. He's a different kind of guy. Like, I'm not going to say much about who he is, but he um, is very alpha male. And he was a man who sporadically appeared in my life and wanted hugs and would tell me that he loved me. And I was a little girl who knew him barely, but felt like I needed to hug him and call him dad and tell him I loved him. I would always try to have sleepovers with my best friend and cousin, little Mo, at my Ama and Papa's, where Mo and his mom and sister lived. Mo and his mom, Auntie Vika, and his sister, Lavi. I loved going there. I would go there even when my dad wasn't there. Like, I just loved to be with Mo. We were good pals growing up. Um, But that was where my dad would stay when he came to town. And so whenever my dad was in town, I would always try to sleep over. But I would get so anxious that when it was time for bed, I just, like, would try to go to bed but I couldn't I would just start bawling and we'd have to call my mom and I would tell her that I was homesick and I would go home to her 
and that ended up translating to like any sleepovers when I was little. I couldn't sleep at the at Mo's house if my dad wasn't even there, or I couldn't sleep at um other aunts and uncles' houses if my mom was going on a trip or something. It was a huge seed of pretending. Pretending to be comfortable with strangers. That's where it all started. He was a stranger to me. I didn't know him. But he had this role by, he had this title, but he didn't play the role. And that was psychologically upsetting and off. And so... I was uncomfortable with that. And internally, I didn't know it. Now I see it. But I was uncomfortable with trying to pretend to be comfortable with strangers. Pretending to have a connection with someone that I just didn't. And that carried through. That was the reason that I got so anxious when boys would try to kiss me. The reason that I would run so fast in the other direction if someone moved quicker than me. I felt like I needed to match the feelings of the men in my life. And if I couldn't catch up, I would just flee like a finicky little fairy. Abandoning ship was so normal to me through that same vein of dad. I learned the discomfort of a lack of emotional intimacy through his reappearances in my life. That was the discomfort but the strategy was to abandon and I learned that through his abandonment he would reappear and that would make me uncomfortable and he would leave and so I learned when I was uncomfortable to leave just because I associated those things my dad was a very flawed man and I am now or always a very flawed woman and that's okay I love who I am. I'm learning and I'm no longer a pretender or abandoner. It is of great importance to me now to be honest with people about how I feel, to move at my own pace, and to stick around if I see potential or explain myself as I leave if I don't. I'm an open book and a truth liver now. I just want to be true in everything that I do. Let's talk a little about living truly. Have we already spoken about living in alignment? I don't know. Living in alignment and living truly are pretty synonymous because to live in true alignment is to make daily and long-term decisions based off of what feels most peaceful, joyful, and harmonious to the soul. Your truth is your guide to what's aligned. The soul has a wild power to recognize what's good for it. When we live by the soul, we live our truest good. In aligning my life, I have approached energy health, routine, relationships, 
work, wealth, and priorities differently at different times. Alignment is imperfect because we are imperfect. And so what was in alignment for me in the past would now be unhealthy. And there are decisions that I made that were in alignment only for that moment. What was best for me three months ago is not best for me still. Then I needed to be lax, to drop the reins, to take it easy, to eliminate a whole lot of stress. And now structure benefits me to create positive change, which is a form of stress. Change is stress. Good stress, bad stress, it depends. I don't think anything's really bad though. In March and April, alignment meant release. The release of many energetic exchanges. The release of long-held limiting beliefs. The release of care for health. The release of routine, relationships, work, health, and the priorities that are generally esteemed. It's crazy wild how extreme that was, but I needed extreme healing and to tear down whatever I'd been building up until then because something new and better was on the way. Release is often in alignment. In this cycle where at first alignment is release then alignment is reflection then alignment is rebuild and now what's in alignment is in this summer season somewhat contradictory this is kind of what I was talking about earlier Half of me knows that, sorry, I just lost my spot, whoopsie, that it's time to have a foundation and big, strong pillars to hold up my sloped ceilings. It's time for good food and good movement, good bedtimes and good habits, but it's also time to stay out late with new flames. Spend all of my alone time in the pure bliss of Sudoku and indulge in a few reckless wilds. All at once, I'm keenly aware that it's time to take care and time to be careless. And that's a lovely spot to be in. This might be how I want to live my life forever. I'd love this spot. It's just taking me a moment to figure out how. Because there's always a little pressure When you want structure, there's a pressure to be frigid. When you want carefree, there's a pressure, not a pressure, there's an urge to be reckless. So that's on living truly and living in alignment. Some of those thoughts were pretty heavy. (laughs) Let's do a little palling around again. I don't know, I didn't really expect to kind of like dive into the daddy stuff a little bit, but it was there and it came out as I was writing yesterday. I'd just been thinking about it so much in the last few weeks. So 
Yeah, it was heavy. Let's do lighter. <laughs> How about this? At Tumbling, I have classes each day with kids of all ages. In some, I teach back tucks and triple handsprings. But in my first class of the day, each day, I teach the arts of listening and controlling the body. The angels are between like three and five years old. And their classes are solely for the purposes of learning to listen to teachers and learning to move their own bodies. We work on somersaults and cartwheels, star jumps, and a whole lot more, but it's not so much about the skills as it is about those two things. The littles are just learning how to be in the world, and they're very, very happy to be here. So when they come in, they are always happy and excited and full of things to say. And I give them a few minutes to gibber and gabber and tell me that their cousins' names are Dallin and Rhett and Cash and Cecily and all the other random things they love to tell me. And then I move them into a more organized conversation. Kids need routine and they need to be guided gently, but to see organization. So I just start by asking them what they've had for breakfast every day, I ask them. And one sometimes would jump up and say, oh, oh, waffle. But I turn and say, Bradley, it's not your turn yet. Let's wait until I point to you. How about we start over here? And I point to Hazel and say, what did you have for breakfast, Hazel? And she says, hmm. 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 Thinks. She thinks. And finally she remembers. Oh, pancakes. Then I point to Zane and he says, bacon eggs. Then Bradley who says waffles. And sometimes they just say the cutest, funniest things. But mama. <laughs> they'll mispronounce things or they'll just say like one girl. She says cookies just about every day, <laughs> but this one's the best. <laughs> Lily, little blonde, pigtailed, wild, silly Lily said, dinosaurs. And I said back, dinosaurs? Like nuggets? Chicken nuggets? And she said, no, real. And I was like, what? Cereal? No, real dinosaurs. So I just laughed and chose to believe her. I just love them. They're so cute and they just say the weirdest BS. Um, some other lighthearted things. So my birthday was June 21st and it felt different, momentous. A lot has changed with 19. I spent the day at Lagoon, a local amusement park, with a certain new flame. And he was so big, and I was so little, that when we squished into the cat mouse ride, the roller coaster worker laughed at us. And New Flame said something like, This ride isn't really made for someone my size, is it? And the roller coaster guy was like, 
Uh, I've seen it before. And so our cart sets off. And you should know that this ride is meant to whip you around. Like it doesn't, it's not about like going in loops or anything. It's the ride that you ride when you want to just get slammed to the side. And so, yeah, it's all about the whiplash. Sharp, exaggerated corners that push you all the way to the left, then all the way to the right. Well, my 6'2 built date had much bigger legs than me. So the lap bar really only touched him. There was nothing holding me in there. And this was why we learned the ride attendant had chuckled and shaken his head so because he had known what was about to happen. Every time we hit a turn, my big guy would just like groan in pain and I would have absolutely nothing holding me in place. So I would slam right into him or every time we went down a roller coaster hill, I would seriously slide down my seat uncontrollably and my bum would slip all the way down to where my feet were supposed to be and my shoulders would be where my back should have gone. And I was just hysterically laughing the whole time. It was so funny. It was so funny. We just had a blast. It was such a fun birthday. We went on the people movers like a thousand times. We rode all the rides. On the Lincoln Log ride, you splash. And he was like, oh man, we got to ride that one, but I don't want to get very wet. So we're trying to strategize like how we can do it without getting very wet. I didn't mind that much, but it was like middle of the day. Just not, it was prime time for heat, but not prime time for drying off. And so we're getting it. We got, we got in line and we got on our ride and he sat in the very, very back. And, um, I just, I sat in his seat with him instead of like the other seat. We just squished and I sat in front of him. So like his legs are on either side of me. And then we go up the hill and when you get down the hill is when you splash. So we had a strategy on how we wouldn't make a huge splash. And it was called sit at the back, both of us. So we're back there and he's just like holding on to me like he's all wrapped around me. And we start flying down the hill and we hit the water and we splash. And I get barely even a little bit wet. But he gets soaked because he's just wrapped around me like a little poncho. And so, oh man, the water just came for him and it was hilarious. We had teriyaki balls for lunch and I, of course, spilled mine and it got all over my little kid shoes. I bought these shoes because they're rubbery. And I know I can just throw them in the washer and wipe them off if I need to. Cloth shoes just don't work for me. I'm too messy. But yeah, I had teriyaki on my shoe for the rest of the day. That was pretty early in the day. We had so much fun, though. Mm, for Lagoon fans, what's your favorite ride? Do you love the big one, Cannibal? Do you love Colossus? Do you love <clears throat> Rattlesnake Rapids? 
I love the bat. The bat is so fun. Uh, but my favorite is Bombora because they always play Beach Boys. And I love the, well, really, the swings are my favorite. The swings at night. The last ride you do. That's the most romantic thing in the world. Hmm. Well, this episode's a little shorter. But I think we're going to cut it here. And I'll be back soon. Probably next week with a new one. Thank you. I love you. Love, Valley.